starting out, I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do to ending up. I know what to do. I have the power to change it. I feel in control. I feel less stressed. I feel more happy in my life. I feel like I am ready to tackle anything that comes my way. I have the skills that I need and I feel prepared. And that is such a huge change from start to finish. And so I get to watch that little change as it happens and goes by. And um, it's an honor to see that. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth, and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery, and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by Hannah who's going to share with you her story with anxiety and how she's able to overcome it. If you're listening today, have an open mind and we hope you can learn something from this episode. Hannah, how are you? Good, thank you so much for having me on, James. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, thank you very much. How are you doing today? I am great, I'm great, I'm feeling calm now. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name's Hannah. Um, I'm an anxiety and stress coach, um, and I help um, educators, entrepreneurs, young teens, young adults um, with stress and anxiety um, and everybody in between. Um, And that's what I'm here to talk about today. So I'm so excited to be here. Um, And just talking about mental health is something that's super um, important to me. So I just appreciate being on here. (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Thank you very much for coming on. Um, Before we get going, we're going to play a quick game. Oh, perfect. Quick game. It's called one for one. I'll give you a word and you say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay, perfect. Ready to go? Ready to go. <laughs> the first one is time. Um, management. <laughs> Quality. Uh, quantity. Sunshine. Um, soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, normal painting I have in my house okay (laughs) normal uh boring (laughs) I was trying to pull sunshine and soldiers together in my head you're like why would that be the same thing (laughs) that's a term I always used to call my boyfriend when he would go through any sort of mental health battle or journey I would just tell him he's a sunshine soldier because he would always just have such a positive attitude and whatever he was going through he would just trudge through it with sunshine (laughs) in his heart so I always used to call him that so we have a little painting in our room that says sunshine soldiers (laughs) that makes sense that makes sense and my last one is snow white oh snow white um princess (laughs) okay brilliant yeah that's it so that's um yeah (laughs) it took us 20 minutes to do that i know (laughs) so my first question is how was life growing up so you grew up in california was it 
Yeah. Uh huh. I grew up in Folsom, California, um, and I had a really good life growing up. Um, not not too many things that you would think would traditionally cause a small child anxiety, which is why I think it was so interesting that even me having a good childhood growing up, I still suffered with anxiety, even from I think as young as three years old is when I remember um, first feeling anxious. Um, but yeah, I had a really good childhood. My parents were very, very nice to me. Um, <laughs> I had a little, I grew up with um, a little brother, Landon, and then I had two cousins, Madison and Blake, that were basically like brother and sister to me. Um, and the four of us all grew up together um, in little Folsom, California, <laughs> went to middle school there and high school there, and then um, eventually graduated uh, Folsom Lake College. So it was very cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how was school? How was school life? Good. Um, school life was good. Um, I, I had a really good um, high school experience too. I mean, there were things that there were things that weren't my favorite in my high school experience, but I think at the end of the day, I pulled everything from it that I could to learn from everything that happened there. I think I really tried to use it as a place of growth um, and just tried to learn through all the events um, that I went through. But I was involved heavily in theater there, so I was in shows and um, in the choir, and um, I was also a big communicator, so I was in advanced English classes and things like that. And <laughs> um, just being involved however I could um, theatrically was really fun for me. And I learned a lot about coming out of my shell in theater. I learned a lot about how to not be anxious in front of people and how to speak in front of people and um, learned a lot of great skills there. So I have a lot of awesome teachers to thank. <laughs> yeah, a lot of acting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really yeah. loved it. I got to be the the star of my show my senior year. And it was it was one of the most fun things I think I ever did. We all had a good time, us kids. <laughs> yeah. And are you still acting now? Um, I, I do every once in a while, but um, right now I'm just, um, I work at Sutter Street Theater um, here in Folsom, California. Mm. Um, I live in Colfax, but I, I drive down um, just because I love that little theater so much and I help them out on the weekends. I do their, um, I'm an, an administrative assistant. So <laughs> um, I just do the paperwork and the bookkeeping and yeah. um, sell tickets and things like that. Um, but it's a great way for me to stay involved and um, I really love the theater community. I think there's a lot of great people there and I just love the idea of um, telling a story. I love being able to tell a good story um mm. theater and it, like being able to make people laugh i think that was also my a big motivation i loved yeah. <laughs> hearing everybody laugh and smile i think it was fun making people smile so <laughs> yeah yeah once people are laughing you know something's right <laughs> right yeah it just kind of feels right <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's it and in relation to your anxiety when did you when did it start sorry yeah, it started when I was about three years old. Um, I think the first time I remember it happening was just, I remember, um, I think it was, we figured out years and years later, because there was no way for me to articulate this when I was three, but I was I was scared of the dark. I was scared of being alone by myself in the dark. I was scared that there was things hiding in my closet or under my bed and um, and I would, my stomach would hurt me really, really bad before I would go to sleep. And my mom and my dad were really concerned about it. So they took me to a couple of different doctors in a couple of different places. And everybody was like, well, we're not really sure what it is. We're like, you know, just give her some warm milk before she goes to sleep, um, to settle her stomach and maybe try, um, to like reading her a story before bed. Um, but I was plagued with these awful night terrors. And then in combination with that, my stomach would hurt. And everybody just thought that these were these two completely unrelated things. And, um, 
that it was just something that was medically wrong with me. Um, and when in fact it was just, it ended up being anxiety. Um, because when I got older, I realized that sometimes when I get really anxious or really nervous, my stomach hurts me in that same way. And it feels that same feeling that I did when I was three years old. And I was like afraid of the dark and afraid to go to sleep in my room. (laughs) I couldn't really be like, mom, dad, I'm really afraid of the dark. And you know, like, um, and I think it's making my stomach hurt because at three years old, you don't know that being afraid of the dark can make your stomach hurt. Like I had never heard of that thought of that wasn't even a concept in my mind. I just thought, Oh, my stomach's hurting me. So, you know, it's, sometimes you make these revelations later in life and kind of mm. are able to piece together what it was but um for me that was my very first fear my very first anxiety was the dark <laughs> I just didn't I was scared of the unknown I think just of what could be in there I didn't <laughs> I was just like I don't I don't know about that so yeah that was yeah my, my first experience with anxiety and did that ever impact your school life going to school Yeah, I think it did definitely when I got older in high school. Um, There was a time when I got really, really anxious for a couple of years. And um, my parents were, again, concerned about me because I was um, I kept feeling really nauseous in the morning, kept waking up and feeling really nauseous. And I didn't know why. And it was because I was stressed out. I was overwhelmed. I was burnt out. I was super anxious. um, And I kept having, um, I think, a couple of panic attacks. And I just didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know what I was experiencing. I just kept different people and my parents and other people just kept writing it off as different things. And, um, (laughs) and I just remember feeling really uncomfortable with all the nausea. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, bothering me. Um, but eventually I was able to find some coping skills and kind of that anxiety went down and, um, some of the stress was removed and, and those symptoms kind of relieved themselves as time went on. But, um, I definitely struggled with it in school. Um, and wish I would have had better tools, wish it was something they would have taught us about how to handle in school. I think that would be awesome. And I know that there are some schools that do that. And I think it's amazing and huge shout out to the schools that do do that. But um, I wish every school did it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole big topic altogether. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and you mentioned you're having panic attack. How, how was that? Like, what was what was the experience like? Yeah, um, I think. I think as I got older, um, I more experienced them in college than I did anything else. I was exposed to them in high school, but I think in college, I really experienced my first couple of panic attacks and, um, it just, they're different for everybody. But for me, a panic attack looked like hyperventilating. It looked like, um, not being able to catch my breath. It looked like shaking so badly that I thought I was having a seizure or that I was going to have a seizure because I was shaking so uncontrollably. I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. So it made me panic more because (laughs) I didn't know it was happening. So I was like, ah, so no about your anxiety and how it works kind of helps you because you're like oh I'm just panicking you're like it's not a seizure it's just I'm panicking and I'm okay and it'll be done in a couple of minutes and I'll be fine so there you know there's it, you learn mm. as you go but um for me it just looked like shaking and breathing heavy and my hands get really sweaty and clammy and um my, I'll, my mouth will go dry and my throat will kind of choke up um maybe I'll start crying um maybe like we'll have some numbness in my legs maybe I'll have a stomach ache or feel nauseous sometimes it gives me a headache um it really just kind of depends on on um where I'm at and who you are but different people experience panic attacks in different ways and that's kind of what it looked like for me so it was definitely scary and then it comes along some mine too sometimes they can be just physical like that but some of them um come along with thoughts with it so it might have been brought on by oh my gosh I have this paper due and what if I don't get it finished and what if I don't get an A and what if I upset my parents and you kind of go into this giant thought cycle, this worry cycle, 
of what's going on and what's going to happen. You're kind of painting this picture for yourself that mm. isn't real, really, the, these thoughts that you're worrying about. Um, and so it was kind of, that's a huge trigger for me was just thinking about all of these things that could have happened and what if. And I got so into the what if that I was like, ah, and I just started panicking. And I think that <laughs> happens for quite a few people. So um, yeah, it's important the, the to imagination recognize when is, you feel panicky more scary. and why you feel panicky um, so that you can help yourself get back down to a calm level. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> you also mentioned that you suffer with generalized anxiety disorder. How was that? So I just like to understand these things better to know to know, to know what they feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I first got diagnosed with that a little bit after college, after I had a couple of panic attacks and I just couldn't really figure out what was going on. And um, I went to go see um, a mental health professional and they um, diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder, um, just meaning that um, I have my anxiety um, works differently in my brain than it does a normal person's brain. Um, a normal person is going to have a normal level of anxiety, just like when they maybe give a speech or if they're near a spider and they're afraid of spiders or, you know, anything that would give somebody a normal <laughs> level of anxiety. Anxiety is a normal feeling that every human experiences, but people with generalized anxiety disorder experience increased levels of anxiety in situations that should not be giving someone anxiety. Um, and so it, that's kind of how it works in the brain. Um, and so honestly, we can treat anxiety with thought reframing and using coping techniques and redirection um, really helps. It's just your mind kind of gets into this spot. It kind of digs itself into a deep hole with all of these thought cycles. And we can kind of help dig it back out um, at, when we start using the coping skills and the thought reframing. And um, it, we, it kind of makes you realize, oh, okay, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm in control. I'm in control of my thoughts. Um, the thoughts aren't in control of me. And so a lot of people who have anxiety feel like the thoughts are in control of their life and um, that they're not able to control what they're thinking. And they usually suffer from a lot of what if thoughts, which was what was going on with me. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about the what ifs. And so I had, a, I had somebody that told me, uh, a therapist that was like, well, if you spend so much time thinking about all of the negative what ifs, how much time can you spend or do you spend thinking about the positive what ifs? And I was like, what do you mean the positive what ifs? I'm like, I've never in my life thought about the positive what ifs. I'm like, there's a positive what if? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, what if you do good on your test? And what if your parents are proud of you? And what if, you know, it leads to you graduating you college and you do these great things? And I'm like, I never considered that. I was like, it never even crossed <laughs> yeah. my mind that that would be an option. I was like, I just only thought about what if all the bad things. And so he's like, okay. It's like now mm. as much time as you spend on the bad what ifs, you have to spend equal time on the good what ifs. And so that was something that kind of helped me get out of that initial thought cycle and break out of that first thinking pattern of, oh God, I'm stuck like this forever. I don't know that I'll be ever, ever able to change this. Nothing's helping, nothing's working. Um, and so kind of changing that mindset to, okay, that brought some small comfort that helped a little bit. I'm sure there are other things that can help a little bit. So that was kind of my first little breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, because you don't, um, like that with the what if questions, very rare that it would be a positive one. You're always dwelling on it, all the bad things. And it's a hole that you just, right. <laughs> there's no way out of that hole. What it takes, it needs, it takes a lot of practice to, uh, learn how to get out of it quicker absolutely when did you start going to therapy at what age um I think I started going to therapy um well I went first when I was little um because my parents 
they went to counseling for a while. They were having some problems and they wanted me to go so that I was involved with them um, and that I was getting any help that I needed from their counselor as well. So I went through that for several years. And then um, when I was older, I started therapy, I believe in college um, and went through that for a while and found, um, went through a couple of different therapists and found, um, until I found one that I really liked. Um, <laughs> and that's important. I feel like finding somebody that you really like and is a good fit for you is super important. Um, but I think that's, sorry, when you say, <laughs> when you say you liked, like you like their method or you just like them because you just like the therapist. I, no, I think there, I think there's, um, multiple different reasons why I didn't like each one. I think, um, not didn't like them as a person, just didn't, didn't, um, either it just wasn't the right fit oh, or yeah, of course, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. feel heard or, or something like that. I think there are great people, but, um, just for, I think the first person, um, specifically he was a male and I was having a lot of feminine related issues. And I felt personally that he could not possibly relate to the things that I was going through. And so I felt like it was not helpful for me to speak with him. I felt like he couldn't understand on a level that I wanted my therapist to understand. So I specifically sought out mm. a female next and to work with her on some of those issues that I was having. And then um, I felt a lot more heard, a lot more seen, a lot more understood. Um, I felt like she cared a lot more about what I had to say. And um, it was just a better fit all the way around. And so just looking for somebody that's that perfect fit, I encourage you if you feel like, oh, I don't know if this person's for me, this doesn't seem like a good fit, go try and find um, somebody else that is a good fit for you because they are out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. If you try one, it doesn't work, and go to the next, definitely, because... Right. Yeah, don't let yeah, one bad like therapist the, ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There's so many different... There's so many different out there. You can have different experience. And uh, what sort of techniques did you learn? Um, and Honestly, not a whole lot from therapists. I think that's kind of why I started my own business was because I talked to a lot of therapists and I talked to a lot of psychiatrists and um, I wasn't getting any of the information that I wanted. Um, I asked them, I remember asking my therapist, she had given me a couple of coping skills and um, maybe two. Um, or three in this, in the couple years that I talked to her. And I was like, you know, I really love the coping skills that you gave mm -hmm. me. I was like, do you have more? Is there more that I can learn? Is there more that I can do? Excuse me. And she was like, um, uh, no, she's like, I don't have any more, um, you know, that I know of, um, or that I can teach you at the moment. And so she was like, I would recommend you go talk to a psychiatrist and see if they have some. And so I was like, okay. So she recommended me to go. Oh, I talked to the psychiatrist. That's not very <laughs> I was right. And then she, the psychiatrist was like, um, I prescribe medication. The psychiatrist is like, I don't work with coping skills. And so I was like, well, where do I go for coping skills? And the psychiatrist is like, Google, I don't know what to tell you. And so I was like, okay. I was kind of shocked and surprised, um, that nobody could give me more than two or three breathing techniques. Um, and so I just, I was like, okay, I'll do my own research. I'll figure it out for myself. You know, like clearly this is something that nobody's just going to hand to me. I was like, I'll figure it out on my own. And, um, I did hours and hours and hours <laughs> and hours of research, um, on all types of different <laughs> things and eventually got my coaching certification for stress and anxiety. But, um, before that I did a bunch of research on different coping skills. Cause I thought there has to be millions. I was like, there's got to be more than just two or three. I was like, there has to be more. So I went and sought out hundreds of different techniques and I tried them all out one by one by myself, seeing what was working, seeing what was not working, taking notes, making lists on the things that worked, the things that didn't, um, things that maybe could help other people, um, and just kind of slowly started compiling all of these resources together. Um, and through time, I found a, kind of on this journey, I was able to um, overcome that anxiety with time and practice and practicing these different skills and techniques and realizing um, when to use certain ones and when to not, and um, just in, combined with 
um, the other research that I did and um, the other people that I worked with, I think it really helped me get through it and really overcome it. Um, it was definitely a hard time in my life, but I don't think anxiety is something that has to rule over you every day the way that it did for me for a long time. And so I, I really find comfort in bringing other people that same relief that I wish would have been there when I needed it. I wished so badly that there would have been somebody like me when I really needed it that was affordable, that could help me, that knew coping skills, that had been through it themselves. There just wasn't anything like that available to me at the time. And um, so I wanted to create everything that I would have wanted um, going through this, which is what I put into my into my programs. <laughs> so Yeah. And um, what, what made you go out and do the research? Because a lot of people like that after they've been given two or three things to try, they'll just stick with that. And you wouldn't really think, oh, I'll go and, re I'll go and do my own research and see what I can find. So what, what made you want to do that? I think I, I just wasn't satisfied. I tried the breathing techniques and I thought, you know what? I've heard these same techniques over and over again. I This is nothing new <laughs> to me. I have tried this before. I was like, I just thought to myself, there has to be something better. I thought there this cannot mm. be it. And so I, I it, it forced me to do more research. It forced me to look into it more because I also reached a point where I... Some, and some people are not there yet and that's okay. But I reached a point where I was like, I'm done. I'm done being anxious. I'm done having this rule my life. I'm done having this be something that's in charge of me. I'm going to take charge of it. And this is how I'm going to take charge. I'm going to figure out what it is. I'm going to figure out how it works and I'm going to figure out how to stop it. And so that was where I was at. I was completely finished being stressed out. I was finished being anxious. I was finished doing the panic attacks, feeling nauseous, the whole nine yards. I was like, I'm done. So I'm I think once you this. reach a certain level of, of, yes, I was like, I want relief. I was like, nobody's helping me. If I have to help myself, I will help myself. And so I think that's just kind of what I did. I was like, well, I'm on my own. And so I just ventured off to go do my, my research. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's very good. That's very good because it's easier to just kind of stick to what you're given um, without thinking that it, there's possibility that it could be more options out there. It's great. And how were your parents uh, throughout your bad times? Like, did they know much about anxiety attacks or anything like that? Um, not really, no. I think um, growing up, they didn't really know uh, what anxiety was. I mean, they knew like what, what it feels like when you feel nervous and what it feels like when you feel, mm. um, you know, that, that feeling of being nervousness, which I would equate to anxiousness. Um, and I don't, I know that um, my dad has some anxiety, um, but I don't think he even realized it was anxiety until very, very recently. Um, even within like the last yeah, year or like... so, he just realized that certain things are anxiety that he thought was, he was completely writing off as something else. Um, so, you know, and anxiety was something my mom didn't really suffer with ever too much outside of your normal levels. Um, so for them, it was a little bit harder. They asked me questions about it though, which I always try to encourage parents. If you've got children that are suffering with anxiety, ask them questions, ask them what it feels like for them, ask them how you can help. Um, and that's kind of what my parents did. They, they asked, you know, uh, what does it feel like? Um, how can we help you? Um, do you want to go see a therapist? Are you interested in looking at, you know, um, traditional types of medication for this? And, you know, would you be interested in going to, um, group support and things like that. Um, and so there are plenty of resources and options that are available. Um, and so they, they kind of made sure that those were on the table for me and tried to help me um, figure it out. Um, even though I was in college, I still, <laughs> I still was like calling my parents. I'm like <laughs> calling my mom all the time. I'm like, mom, I'm at the therapist's office. <laughs> I'm like, Here's what I'm doing. And, you know, they're kind of helping me through it as I went, um, which I think is awesome. And I think that if you can be there for your kids in that way that you should, and um, 
kids need support, especially kids that are suffering with mental health. And I always encourage parents to take anything that your child says to you seriously. Um, that I, I would I would say learning that from my childhood was a was a hard lesson. I think there was a couple of times, as good as my parents were, that when I mentioned to them how I was feeling, I don't think they necessarily took it too seriously or took it as seriously as they should have taken it um, at, at first. So mm-hmm. when your children are bringing you things and they're telling you I'm anxious or I'm uncomfortable or um, I'm having intrusive thoughts or even God forbid suicidal thoughts, you know, take those seriously um, and and ask them what you can do to help figure out what type of stressors are on their plate and what you can help remove from them so that they can, you know, breathe a little bit easier and have some relief because that's important. <laughs> mm. And did you, uh, did you ever try medication? Um, I did for a little while there. Um, I tried some different medications um, and I just, I didn't, I was a person at first that I had this whole negative stigma about being on medicine in the first place. I let kind of society get into my mind and I felt like, oh, I don't know if I want to be on this, you know, what what will people think of me if I'm on this? And um, and even though if I didn't have to tell anyone, I still felt like, well, I don't, I'm not the type of person that needs to be on medicine. And I just kind of had this really bad view of it in my head, which I feel like so many people do. And I started out as that person. I want everyone to know. I started out <laughs> as a super skeptical person of, I don't want to take medicine. I don't believe in therapy. Like I swear to God, I was the worst skeptic starting out and I am completely yeah. 180 <laughs> to this point, but I'm completely on the opposite side. I've done a lot of growing um, in my time, but I was, I was like that. And um, I think it's important important to to know that medication is okay. And so I found out through that journey of going on some that it was okay to take medicine, that it didn't make me a different person or a weird person or anything different. It just meant that I needed to take that medicine because it was going to help me live a better life. And that was kind of the the end of that story. And so I I tried a couple different ones. I experienced some side effects that I really didn't like on Mm. on most of them. And so I I found out ways to, to... deal with my anxiety through coping skills and through thought reframing and through techniques that I, um, through techniques that I could use that were comfortable for me, um, without Mm. having to use the medication. I found different um, foods that I could eat that would fill my body. I found different teas that I could drink. And I also found different herbal supplements and vitamins that worked really well, um, with what I needed. And that helped me out a lot more, um, than being on those medications. But for some people, medications do work better. And if those work better for you, I think that's awesome. But for me, that just was something, um, that I found in my own personal journey that I wanted to be off the medicine. And I found that with doing the things and keeping the routine that I keep, I can be. So, mm. yeah, no, definitely. If uh, it's it, with medication, if you obviously you ha- you have to try many things, you can't just exclude one out. And it's easy right. to be skeptical, like you said. <laughs> so, I'm not right. taking medication. And I think it's not so for many- me. Right. And I think so many people are yeah. skeptical of it. And I think so many people are looking for a better way than just therapy and medication, because that's what I thought. I was like, there has to be something else. I was like, there cannot just be therapy and medication. And so there's me. <laughs> that's what I'm all about. I'm, I'm yeah. your other option. I'm your not therapy and not medication <laughs> um, option. Anxiety coaching is a different way to help get rid of um, to help get rid of it without having to do therapy or um, medication. So yeah, it's an, it's, it's definitely awesome. It's definitely something that I wish I could have had available to me when I was going through it for sure. Yeah. And do you have uh, intrusive thoughts? Do you have many of them growing up or do you still have them now? Uh, intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I think intrusive thoughts didn't hit me till later in the process. I had anxiety for a while actually, before I started getting intrusive thoughts, I started getting them a little bit after, um, I was in college and, um, 
at first I didn't even understand what they were. I was like, how can someone have an intrusive thought? Like just tell it to go away. Like I was the worst. Like I had all of the worst (laughs) thoughts about this myself. And I think that's why it was so important that I grew and changed. Um, But I just thought, wow, I don't know how that could even happen to someone. And then I had an intrusive thought and I was like, that was awful. I don't ever (laughs) want to do that again. And I didn't mean to think it. And um, intrusive (laughs) thoughts are not fun. Um, but I think what helps is, is really, um, taking control. I imagine, um, when I'm having an intrusive thought, a big red stop sign in my head, as soon as I start seeing the intrusive thought rolling, as soon as I see that movie playing out in my head of whatever's happening or that thought playing out, I just visualize a huge stop sign. And I, sometimes I'll say out loud, stop. I'm not thinking about that right now. I, that is, this thought does not serve me. It is not welcome here right now. And I'm letting that go. And I'm making the mental decision to be in control and to let that go. And so sometimes I'll even say it out loud. Um, or I'll imagine like seeing that thought or that movie in my mind, just kind of, um, float away, like on a little cloud and just kind of let it go. Just try to resolve any of that feelings and just, um, let those intrusive thoughts go, but intrusive thoughts are difficult. Um, I generally try to put on a meditation Mm. or um, positive affirmations that kind of loop so that that way I can hear those and repeat those back to myself. Sometimes those help when um, I'm dealing with a lot of intrusive thoughts. Um, So it just kind of depends on what method you want to use, but intrusive thoughts are awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At the start, you're like, (laughs) how do people have those? Just stop thinking. (laughs) I know. That's what I thought. Until it started. Until it happened to me. And that's, I think I got booped. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was like, boop. They were like, you shouldn't say that. They're like, you need to experience it for yourself now. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah, that I did and- though. Because now I can help other people who experience the same. But yeah, I, I didn't realize it. Without having mental illness, you it kind of is weird thinking to yourself that somebody could have a thought that they couldn't stop. Um, it doesn't make sense in your brain at first, I think at the outside looking in, but it just kind of, if you can imagine like a, a movie coming into your head and you're not controlling the playing of it and you're being forced to watch it at this second and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's kind of like what an intrusive thought is for people who suffer from anxiety, or at least, um, that's kind of how mine work for me. I know in different people, they can operate a little bit differently, but, um, that's how mine are. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I'm trying to like that well at the moment i don't i don't have it so i would be the first to say like oh why don't you just stop thinking right because <laughs> you know, it, it's not happening to me. yeah because it's not happening to me but you just never know just never know did you um to get into coaching did you go back did you go back to college to study um, I, I did not go back to college to study. Um, I, uh, got a communications degree and was working towards that. And then I, um, did a coaching certification online. I did it, um, through an online program, um, and got certified and put, um, multiple hours in for that. Um, and then, uh, got a, got another certification as well. I'm doing another a coaching program. And basically you just have to go through and learn multiple hours of material and then do a test um, and then apply for the certification. And then they send it to you um, if you pass and if you get it. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's of course, kind of yeah. what I went through for that process. Um, but I think, um, honestly, I think what I, I think going through it taught me the most. I think going through it taught me the most. Mm. I think working hands-on with clients um, it, and just working with them, um, just working um, on the job kind of experience, um, learning things as I go has been absolutely invaluable to me. Um, but uh, the coaching certification definitely helped. I, there was 
quite a few things in there that I didn't know. Um, but I, was, I knew a lot of it. <laughs> I did. I did a lot of research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> prior to I, I think, prior uh, to uh, getting my coaching <laughs> certification. <laughs> I know what I is. I have the experience. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, think, was, like, uh, I was like, I was like, I kind of got this. <laughs> I think uh, personal experience definitely helps. Definitely helps because you can you can relate to the people better as well uh, because you know what it's like. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. it's like. It's so hard to help somebody if you if you can't be inside of their head or if you can't kind of be inside of their brain. With a lot of my clients, I'm able to directly kind of be inside their head. I know what they're thinking and what they're feeling, and I can kind of bring those things up and figure out coping skills that I've used or heard of or seen other people with those problems use and kind of recommend them and try them out and teach them how to do them. Mm, mm. Why do you think people... Um, I'm trying to reword this question differently. <laughs> and oh no, you're fine. Why do you think a lot of people don't like to talk about their mental health? I think, for me personally, um, when like I like for like for to, yourself, I, why didn't you like like I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure like when all this was happening, you weren't like oh I want to talk about it. <laughs> right, so, right. Oh no, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you are completely right. Yes, no, you you're completely your right. Like, I, was, oh, I started out, right? <laughs> Let me go be a on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, for right? you, for you, like, why, um, yeah, why didn't you talk about yours? Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, I think I initially found it hard because I came from a mind a mindset that I think so many people come from, which is that um, talking about my mental health makes me weaker. Um, that talking about my mental health, maybe people will think I'm crazy. Maybe people will judge me. Maybe people won't want to hang out with me. Um, and I think that's just kind of where I came from. I knew that there was such a negative stigma behind mental health. And it's, that's now something that I'm working so hard to try and <laughs> try and help, um, fight. Um, but I think it just really comes down to that stigma and that fear of being judged for me. And I think, I think it really is the same for so many other people. Just what if people judge me or what if people, you know, look at me differently mm. because they didn't know that I had this beforehand and now they somehow see me different than they did before. Um, and, and I think, um, I think at the end of the day, I realized, well, if anybody is going to judge me for my mental health and is going to be upset with me because I have anxiety, they're probably a person that I don't really want to hang out with anyway. <laughs> they're probably somebody that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with to begin with. No, so, no, um, you, you know, it just really <laughs> helped me take a closer look at why would somebody <laughs> judge me for those things? Um, and so I, I realized once I realized that me talking about it was going to help more people and that by talking about it, I might encourage other people to talk about it. And, um, that was really powerful to me realizing that, um, even though I'm just one person and even though I'm just one voice, my one voice could ripple into other mm. voices being spoken. And that was something that was really important to me. I thought, well, if I can inspire one other person to speak or one other person to tell their parents that they're anxious or one other person to speak up and get help, it would be worth it to me. Um, and so that's what eventually changed my mind into talking about it and to, um, into doing it. Once I was able to help people, I just got absolutely addicted to that feeling. I loved the feeling of being able to help people, of being able to have somebody be like, yes, thank you. You get it. You understand what I'm going through. This is helping so much. So I think it was just, mm. I think it was a combination of that. Um, but I just encourage people, if you have that same negative 
um, stigma in your mind, um, know that maybe the, that, um, those are not some people that you want to hang around with anyway, or spend your time with. And I encourage you to talk about your story. Um, or at least, um, if you can't do it on a podcast, just maybe talk about it to a friend or a family member. <laughs> yeah. Write it down. <laughs> write it down. Write yeah. It down. Journal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Start slow. Start slow. No, definitely. It is, uh, yeah, it's the huge stigma. And like that, it comes with a lot of what if questions because you're kind of thinking what if you're more concerned on what yeah. other people would think. And I think, yeah, passing. Uh, Absolutely. I was worried that I would lose friends or that things would. People will look at you like there's something wrong with yeah, you. I think I was worried that I would lose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I just, I didn't want people to think of me like that, you know, and I think nobody wants people to think of them like that. And so if we're all talking about it and we're all talking about our mental health, then nobody can look at anybody. Yeah. Like yeah. Then it'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's really hard to pass judgment yeah. on like, other people <laughs> if we're all talking about it. So if we all talk that's about it. it no that's it. That's it. I think we undermine how important, like, like that sharing stories when people see that oh it's not just happening to me it, it's kind of a relief <laughs> on its own like oh i'm not the only one trapped in right. the circle yeah absolutely what's the most rewarding thing about helping people um i think watching the change i feel so privileged and honored mm. when i get to see that growth in people it it feels like um it feels like magic. Like, like when I would go to Disneyland and I <laughs> yeah. was little and I would step on a ride, like it feels like that same Disney magic. I feel it in the same little spot in my heart <laughs> when I help people. It mm. feels like that it feels like magic to me. Um, just getting to watch them from the first session to the last session, just see that incredible difference of I starting out. I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do to ending up I know what to do. I have the power to change it. I feel in control. I feel less stressed. I feel more happy in my life. I feel like I am ready to tackle anything that comes my way. I have the skills that I need and I feel prepared. And that is such a huge change from start to finish. And so I get to watch that mm. little change as it happens and goes by. And um, mm. it's an honor to see that. It's an honor to see people grow in that way and to see their mindset grow and change and to see them really come into their own and realize that I am in control. I can do this. I can be happy. I can take control of my anxiety. I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to feel anxious. Um, I do deserve all the good things in life. Um, and it's really amazing to watch people make that revelation in their own mind. Um, and I think um, just helping them get to that point, helping them feel some relief um, is just really rewarding to me because it makes me feel like everything that I went through is worth it. Because if I had yeah. to go through all of that so that you could have relief or so that you could have help, then I'm so happy I went through it. So it makes it, it validates what I went through. It makes my suffering and pain worth it to me if I can help other people learn and not have to go through some of the same things that I went through and especially by themselves. With me, nobody has to go through it alone. I'm with you all this every way, <laughs> every step of the yeah, way. I'm with you yeah. the whole time so it's nice to have somebody that's there for you and um a lot of times anxiety sufferers feel really lonely or alone going through the journey so it's nice to be able to be there for somebody i really like doing that as well it's fun mm. <laughs> no definitely definitely um what, what do you think people struggle with the most um i think i think what i see people struggling with the most is honestly panic attacks I see a lot of people having panic mm. attacks um, and people who didn't suffer from panic attacks having panic attacks. They're like, I, I've never had anxiety. I've never had a panic attack before. I went to the doctor. They told me it was a panic attack. 
um, you know, and just them really, really not knowing what it is and kind of suffering from that. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I see um, next to just normal stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. Um, I, I see a lot of panic attacks. And so what I, I do to get help get rid of panic attacks is I use ICE methods. Um, it's really important um, because it works on the vagus nerve um, and, and in your autonomic nervous system, um, which is where anxiety resides in the body. And so if you take um, an ice pack and you put it on your chest, you're icing what's called the vagus nerve, which is a nerve that runs through your chest all the way up um, into your brain. And um, it tells your brain to calm down. It gives your body the signal to calm down. And so what the ice methods do is they take you from anxiety of up here and they get you just down here, get you a little lower um, so that you can employ a coping skill and get yourself um, you know, baseline back to calm. Um, so they're meant to be something to take the edge off and to take the immediate um, suffering and um, anxiety out of it, the panic out of it. Um, and so another thing you can do, if, if you can't do the ice pack, you can run your hands under cold water um, and then you can turn the water hot and run your hands under the hot water. The difference in temperature will uh, shock your system back into rhythm and um, should help bring the panic mm. way down. Um, you can also hold an ice cube until it hurts in one hand. And then when it starts hurting or you can't hold it anymore, you switch it to the other hand and hold it for as long as you possibly can. Um, that has also seen um, great success with bringing people's anxiety down. Um, you can also take a hot or cold shower or take a, a warm shower and then turn it really cold at the end before you get out. That'll also help shock your, your system back into rhythm. Um, but I like to use those ice methods, just some different uh, ways mm. that you can uh, do it. You can also put an ice cube on your face too, if you need to like roll it on your face or just kind of like on your cheeks. Um, sometimes that can help bring people back, even like splashing water on your face when you're having a panic attack or you feel like you're about to. It shocks your system back into rhythm um, and it reminds your body, oh yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah. I'm sending up red flags for no reason. And it kind of yeah. tells your body, it gives your body the signal <laughs> that you're okay. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> kind of resets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're okay. Yeah. No. Um, no, some great tips there. Now, the, the cold shower one, is one that I always recommend to people, but it's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sometimes no one wants yeah, to be doing it's hard that. To. <laughs> yeah, that's why yeah. I take a warm shower like, first and then turn it cold at the end. <laughs> it's easier yeah, that like, way. <laughs> cold sh- definitely, like cold shower before going to bed. No way. <laughs> right? No one wants to be we'll freezing. Yeah. No, no. And how how do you would you use some of that technique yourself now when you feel? Your anxiety coming on, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm. I've I've tried I've tried almost every method. I don't usually give methods out to people if I haven't tried them, and if I do, I let them know I haven't tried it, or I let them know if I have a client yeah. who's tried it and it's um, succeeded. Because I always try not to recommend yeah. something out that I personally haven't tried, because um, I've tried a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I've mm. tried just I've I've tried all of those before. Um, the ice pack works really well, and that one's a favorite amongst clients. The second one that works the best is the holding the ice cube and switching hands. That one's the second favorite among the clients, and then I think then the washing hands works and is, is third favorite um and then i think it's the cold shower is somewhere dead last <laughs> yeah yeah that's like <laughs> nobody nobody loves the cold shower yeah, it's like that's <laughs> plan, ice cubes <laughs> yeah that's plan z we leave that for last <laughs> till I have yeah to. for last if nothing if all else fails cold shower <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll come back to that one and um <laughs> looking back on it now and what you've learned over the years do you know what was making you an anxious child? Um, 
I think um, some of us, I think me specifically, um, are predisposed to anxiety. And I think it was something that um, I've had, I have other family members who have suffered from anxiety um, and other family members who've had mental health issues as well. Um, and I think it was just something that was pre-existing in my genetics. And it was something that um, I was going to get no matter what, if that makes sense. I think it was just something that was going to happen. And I don't think there was much my parents could have done to stop it other than helping me find the right coping skills to deal with it. Um, and uh, that's really all they could have done for me. Um, I just think it was, um, it's, you're, it's almost like you're stuck in your own mind. It's a, it's kind of a way of thinking and it's, it's a fear. It was just a fear, especially starting out so young. It was that being afraid of the dark, just being so afraid that somebody was going to get me or somebody was going to hurt me or something <laughs> while I was um, just that little, that was just that, that was just the fear. Um, and so I think what's really important is addressing the fear, asking yourself, what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid of it? What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And then deconstructing it from there and going, okay, so what's my middle case scenario? So for me, I like to use an exercise called called uh, best middle and worst case scenario. And um, I would start out with my worst case scenario, which is, okay, there's a murderer in my closet and he's going to get me the second my parents go downstairs. <laughs> That's definitely the worst yeah. case scenario there could possibly be. Then I have my best case scenario, which would be that nobody's in my room and I'm going to have a great night's sleep and I'm going to dream um, wonderful dreams and wake <laughs> up rested. And then there's my middle case scenario, which is the most realistic, which is I'm probably going to have a little bit of anxiety, um, but I'm okay. Um, I'll be able to go to sleep. I know that there's most likely nobody in my room and I can check to make sure that nobody else is in my room um, before I go to sleep really quick. And then I'll most likely in the morning be okay. So just kind of looking at what our best case scenario is, our worst case and our middle case scenario. Um, and knowing that most of the time and about 95% of the time, it ends up being our best case scenario or our middle case scenario. So it mm. either ends up the best or the most realistic. It's almost never yeah. your worst case scenario. No. <laughs> and so learning no, that definitely not, helped. No. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because the, the worst case scenario just gets bigger and bigger. The more, the more time right. you spend on that thought, it just right. it's like the hole just gets bigger. And um, right. you amplify what's one what you thing you're proud on. of? Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, I think you definitely amplify what you focus on. Um, I'm. Um, what's one thing I'm proud of? Um, yeah, I'm proud of my clients. <laughs> I'm proud of my clients and my clients' journeys and their success. Um, I'm proud of um, how much hard work and effort they've put in in trying to grow their mindset and in trying to um, work on their coping skills and trying to really be less stressed and less anxious. Um, I'm proud of the effort that they put into learning everything and um, working with me and spending the time and doing the work. Um, I definitely think that's something I'm super proud of um, at the current moment. Um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very proud of my clients. I think they do a really great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's one thing you're proud of for yourself, <laughs> not your client? Oh, yes. Um, one thing um, I'm proud of for myself, um, I think um, I most recently um, got invited to be on a TV show um, called The Caffeinated mm. Cooper Show. And I am extremely excited to speak on that um, and to get to talk a little bit more about myself and my coaching business. Um, being a young actress, um, my whole life, I always wanted to be on TV. Um, and so mm. I 
very exciting that I'll get to be on TV for something that's actually meaningful to me. Um, I think it's interesting yes. how over time um, at that change and how I'm a lot more interested in this now than I really am in acting or doing anything like that. But I'm just so excited that I'm able to kind of blend those two loves again for a moment um, to be on TV and uh, to kind of get to speak with her about something that's so important to me and hopefully just be able to help more people because I think that's what's been the most fulfilling thing about all of this has just been being able to take what I've been given and helping other people. So um, that's been the greatest joy of my existence thus far. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And my last question is, what does well-being mean to you? Uh, what does well-being mean to me? Mm. Um, I think uh, well-being means to me, um, well-being means take care, taking care of myself. It means um, doing self-check-ins. Um, which is just asking myself, have I eaten today? Have I gone to the bathroom? Have I taken a shower? Have I gotten enough sleep? Did I exercise? Have I been um, eating enough? Um, and just kind of making sure that I'm maintaining myself um, and just kind of checking in with myself like that. When I am feeling burnt out, I think it's important to ask yourself, um, you know, what types of things can I do to re-energize myself? Um, and I think it's just important to check in. I think maintaining well-being is just taking care of yourself, practicing forms of self-care that are comfortable for you um, and that make sense mm. for you. And um, maintaining good routines, I think are really important. And also, um, I would say planning out um, smart goals that are um, measurable and that you can reach, um, I think are also super important in maintaining well-being and an overall sense of happiness. Fantastic. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and um where can people find you? When will your website be ready? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, people can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a little link tree. Um, I'm working on my website. I have a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to put all everywhere. So I'm trying to get my brain in one spot. And that's been difficult for me. So I do apologize that that's not been finished yet. But I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram. I'm at... Um, um, excuse me. I'm at anti um, underscore anxiety coaching. Um, and then I'm also... Um, on Linktree, you can find my Linktree. It's just Linktree slash Hannah underscore O'Brien. Um, and you can find all of my other um, information on there as well. Platforms, yeah. Platforms, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, the, all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank I appreciate you. you having me here and I appreciate your time. Thank you. <laughs> If you have enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page, Don't Be Afraid to Talk, or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download, leave a rating, and share with your friends. You might just reach the person who needs to hear this message. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.